Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Turn the work together. The good. Turn the work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Turn the work together. The good to those who love God. He has a word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on it day According to his It's day 26 of our 90-day challenge, and the topic for today is walk, stand, sit. That's it. Walk, stand, sit. All of my note takers that put notes in the chat, you get a sticker after class today. Walk, stand, sit. Psalm 1 and 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Again, our topic for today is walk, stand, sit. I want to dedicate this purpose thought to Pastor Ty Tribbett. He may never hear this and he may never know the impact that his concert had on me, a young, precocious, 19-year-old student at Seton Hall University in South Orange, New Jersey. His choir, GA, was on tour. They were live in concert, releasing a new album, and I decided to go on a Friday with some friends to hear Ty Tribbett sing. But it was not his song that changed my life. It was his sermonette. And he opened his mouth and he introduced something called a daily declaration, which I'll talk about in another purpose thought. But then he turned the corner in his preaching moments and stated Psalm 1 and 1 from memory. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And he communicated something that many preachers have come to conclusions about. I just didn't know about it. And he emphasized these three key verbs, walk, stand, sit. Look at this phenomenal sermonette by another brilliant pastor who said the same thing. 
Psalm 1, verse 1, simply is teaching this, church, that if you want to be blessed, you must avoid guilt by association. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 23 says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. You can't live right and be linked up to people who are going in the wrong direction. Talk HB, you, you've gotta be careful who you call a friend. You better be careful who you hang out with. You better be careful who you listen to. You need to be careful who you take advice from. You need to be careful of whose example you follow. Be careful, says the text of guilt by association. If, if you were to stand on this front pew and I was to stand in front of you and we grab hands, by the force of gravity, it would be easier for me to pull you down than for you to pull me up. And that's the way it is in every relationship. Be careful who you link up to so they don't pull you down in their foolishness and cause you to miss the blessing of God on your life. I wanted to specify in my manuscript, I was writing this thing and wanted to specify the warning here to young people in the room. But uh, young people ain't the only one that has this problem. <laughs> so I'ma just leave that out. There's some grown up folk that ought to know better by now who, who link up to people who are going in the wrong direction and miss the blessings of God on their life. And they end up participating in the progressive downfall of the wicked. Note how the text flows. You can, if you're not careful, you can be walking with God, minding your own business, in love with Jesus, but you start listening to the wrong folk. Start befriending the wrong people. And you're still walking, you've just shifted paths. And you're now walking in the counsel of the ungodly. And then once you start walking for a little while, you get so comfortable that conduct becomes a habit and you just stand in the way of sinners. And then you stand there so long that you just take a seat with the scoffers and you have no sense of reverence for the things of God, even as they are being dishonored right before your very eyes. Oh, this is not to say you should disassociate yourself from every person that doesn't share your convictions. Of course not. We're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. This assumes that we must have contact with other people. But at the same time, as William McDonald says, while we are to be a true friend to the wicked, we are not to be partners with them when they are going against the things of our God and Savior. What's so interesting about this sermon and even Ty Tribbett's sermonette 
is that this sermon outlived the current moment of today. This sermon was spoken in 2012. Ty Tribbett's sermonette had to be around 2008 or prior to that. And yet the word of God never expires. You never know how your words impact people for life. And that's why I try my best to take every purpose thought seriously, because maybe you will not listen to every single day of this 90 day challenge. But today is the day you needed to hear this word right now. I believe that the company you keep dictates the calling and how healthy that calling will show up in the world. They used to say it like this, birds of a feather flock together. And I say this, if you tell me who your partners are, I can tell you what your purpose is. If you tell me who your clan is, I can tell you what your calling looks like. And if you tell me who your posse is, I can tell you what you are passionate about. Think about those who go to the gym. All gym buffs seem to hang out together. I've never seen a gym rat around highly obese people all the time. It's just a part of the nature of what you focus on. Yes, I know I need to be careful around who I walk with and who I stand next to because I will eventually sit with them. But what's the key for me as it relates to purpose today? And very simply, the Lord reminded me of this book titled Safe People, How to Find Relationships That Are Good for you, because I honestly believe that the fruitfulness of your friends is determined by this one question Are they safe? Are they safe enough for me to trust with my whole vision? Are they safe? Do I have friends who will uncover me in my naked and vulnerable season like Noah's sons, or do I have friends? that will take my burdens to the Lord and leave them there? Are they safe? Because if they are safe, then you can trust them with your dreams. But if they are not, you need to walk away from any and everything that looks like Joseph's brothers. If they are safe, then God is telling you to bring them into this new level of experiences called purpose that you are understanding now. But if they are not, bridle your tongue and walk circumspectly. This beautiful book, Safe People, outlines many things that I recommend, but there are two areas that I believe God wants you to level up, especially in the areas of your friendships. Please write this down, empathy. I am praying for friends, who have empathy for me, not sympathy for me. There is a difference. Empathy is walking in the moccasins of another person and not judging him until we can see what suffering he's been through to get to the point he's at. Empathy is not easy. Empathy involves letting go of your opinion and what you're needing in the relationship so that you can enter the world of the other person if only for a brief time. 
You see, this is one of the marks of a truly safe person. They are empathetic. We cannot stay in this empathic position permanently because we could lose ourselves. But empathy is what makes a relationship real and safe. I want you to think about your circle right now. Are the people that you give the most time to self-centered or selfless? Can you say that they are empathic, that they walk in others' shoes without judgment? If not, you've got to ask God to give you the wisdom to renegotiate the terms and conditions of this friendship. Just because they follow you on Facebook does not mean they are your friend. And I have observed over time that when my taste buds change, so too does my conversation. What do you do when you look up and realize that the friend you once spoke to every single day, you now have nothing to talk about? Instead of guilting yourself for the shift, thank God for the allergy. Because God has a way of making you allergic to the thing you used to need, to the stuff you used to discuss, to the parasitic ways of being that no longer fit within the understanding of your calling. So embrace the change and be prepared for God to bring you a you. Empathy is one of the barometers by which I now create boundaries in my relationships because when I care, I care deeply. When I love, I love deeply. And every once in a while, you want to be around people who want to be around you. The second area that I think we need to discuss with safe people, and I highly recommend this book, especially during this particular season, is this area of forgiveness. Because whether or not we want to admit it, friends will fail you. You will fail them. Moments will happen where you find yourself disappointed by their decisions or they have not taken seriously a trigger moment for you, a traumatic experience for you. There's no such thing as a perfect friendship. And so you've got to ask God now for the latitude to forgive even those who have hurt you. This is what Dr. Henry Cloud says about forgiveness. Safe relationships are centered and grounded in forgiveness. When you have a friend with the ability to forgive you for hurting her or letting her down, something deeply spiritual occurs in the transaction between you two. You actually experience a glimpse of the deepest nature of God himself. People who forgive can and also should be people who confront because what is not confessed cannot be forgiven. God himself confronts our sins and shows us how we wound him. Ezekiel 6 and 9 says, I have been hurt by their adulterous hearts, which turned away from me and by their eyes, which played the harlot after the idols. When we are made aware of how we hurt a loved one, then we can be reconciled. Therefore, You shouldn't discount someone who has something against you, labeling him or her as unsafe. He might actually be attempting to come closer in love in the way that the Bible tells us 
we are to do. Today, remember this, that the antidote to entitlement is forgiveness in two directions. Walk, stand, sit. Who do you need to apologize to? Who do you need to confront lovingly so that they can see that you matter to them? I used to think that confrontation was conflict. But truthfully, every healthy relationship has honest and helpful confrontation. Please do not think that you're not arguing or disagreeing with someone means you're closer to them. Often that means they don't know you yet because the surface person I am is politically correct and is poised and polished. But when you get to the nitty gritty of who I am, there may be something I say that you don't like. Will you still be my friend? There may be something that you and I fundamentally disagree with, but will you still be my friend? Today, I am praying for purpose partners. I am praying for James, Peters and Johns. Jesus had 12, but only three did he bring to his mountain of transfiguration. Jesus had 12, but only three did he bring to his garden of Gethsemane. Jesus had 12, but only one did he invite to walk on the water with him. So stop expecting your 12 to be your one and stop expecting your 12 to be your three. If you can have three phenomenal purpose partners in this season, you've got more than enough. So today, my prayer is that God would help you in determining and deciphering your true friendships so that they match the future that he has called you to. In the words of our purpose, prudent scholar, Dr. Henry Cloud today, every relationship has problems because every person has problems. And the place that our problems appear most glaringly is in our close relationships. But the key is whether or not we can hear from others when we are wrong and accept their feedback without getting defensive. Time and time again, my friends, the Bible says that someone who listens to feedback from others is wise, but someone who does not is a fool. Let's pray. Father, I am changing. I accept that now. I want to walk in your ways. Please keep me from foolish compromise. Keep my heart set on you so that my thoughts are not influenced by the mindset of this current age. May I be like the man planted by your rivers of grace and love, joy and peace, so that your mercy and compassion may flow through me to the people around me. Lord, deliver me. Mm-hmm. Sing it for somebody. Rescue me from myself. Cause all I seem to do is hurt me. Anybody overthink a lot, overthink a lot. That hurts you. Uh-huh. Hurt me. That's right. Now, now let's take it up and cry out. Say. Lord, yes, sir. Deliver me. Take your time. Cause all I seem to do is hurt me Anybody out there got that message? Uh-huh. Hurt me 
We should be finishing it, but I need you to just say it one more time. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes we got to get on our knees and just say, God, rescue me from myself. The best is still yet to come for you. This is your exodus starting right now at this very moment. This is it. This is it. One more time, choir. One more time. This is. Take it up here. This is. If you know it. Here we go. This is.
Ladies and gentlemen, please, please show some love for Donald Lawrence, the Tri-City Singers, and this gift right here, Miss Leandria Johnson. Thank you, brother. Thank you for coming.